for cramp. It's Thursday night. You know what that means. We are live with Pals Pulls. All four of the Comics Pals are here today to talk about four big books. But are they good? That's the question. Kale, what's the face? Okay, two things. Are they any good? The second thing. You said it's Thursday night, and you know what that means. Yeah. This is new. What does Thursday night mean? Means we're doing pals pulls. That's what it meant on Wednesdays. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, but it's Thursday. Yeah, we're doing pals pulls. That's how Sean gets used to it. You know, he kept saying Wednesday the the past week. (laughs) All right. All right. Listen, hey. (laughs) He's got to keep the, there's got to be some structure. It helps. Exactly. Exactly. Structure helps. And now we're not stealing from a a wrestling show on the same day. It's our own thing. (sighs) Is it, it, listen, you think. You think they're the only people who ever said anything like that? They do that on they do that on Monday. They do that for Monday Night Raw every week. Okay. I mean, it's true. We we don't have a, a overweight barbecue man saying it on our show. So <laughs> a, bar- a barbecue man. We could. I'm I'm almost there. <laughs> I got some sweet baby rays in the fridge. So oh, sweet baby rays so good. Boy, I miss sweet baby rays. You know, get it over you there. Have that where you are? Uh, it's the pond. Don't think okay. So. Oh, okay. Hold on. So the medic says it's Thursday time to make fun of Sean. So what is, what is that about? Why is that? Why is that on the agenda? I mean, I listen, made the, agenda. the last time I looked, that shit's not on the menu. The medic. Uh, I have a slide for it. Actually. That's uh, that's Let's an audience it. request. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> there's no, there's no wildcat slide. This, this. Today, it, so. it, right. Ex- yeah, exactly. Exactly. And by the way, Fuck Wildcat. That's my new stance. Oh, right. that's that's my new stance. Easy. Need a good old. Mm-hmm. You need to get socked right in the mouth now. All right, listen, bring it, yeah. bring it, <laughs> Tyler. You could take that train, buddy. Eight hours. I'll see you then. You let me know where it lets where it lets off. Oh, I can get off. You know, I can get off at Yonkers. I can get off at Penn Station. <laughs> All right, you tell me. You tell me. Call your buddy Wildcat. <laughs> Jeez. I've only punched on a clock because I'm a wage slave. That's the only thing I'm doing. (laughs) All right. Listen, we've got four books to talk about. Like I said, we're talking about Captain America number zero. We are talking about the Vampire Slayer number one. I don't like that cover. I don't. Uh, Me neither. Um, Nice House on the Lake number. What number is this? Number eight. 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 Me and Marco eight. had the same discussion. Uh, Book eight. You guys joined. Yeah. And World's Finest number two. Let's oh, go. and also I had to do this. It's been a day. I had to treat myself. I grabbed Inferno oh. the hardcover. Is there a, nice. is there a wrap on it right now? Yes, there. The wrapping is currently on. Yes. Are we doing Should ASMR we? while you unwrap it, or do you keep yours wrapped? You um, keep- I don't keep them wrapped. <laughs> no, I read, uh, I read them. Well, oh, okay. yeah, he, right. he keeps them wrapped forever until he decides to read them. You know me so well. <laughs> That's honestly, um, I've done that too. That's how I know I haven't read something yet. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'll definitely, I'll definitely get around to it because I do want to do a reread of that. But uh, before we get into all that, I do want to let you guys know how you can support the show. In case you missed it, the Comics Pals are now on Patreon. That was our huge announcement uh, this past saturday slash monday depending on when you get the podcast and uh, we're really happy and excited about that i'm going to talk more about that on saturday marco is wearing the merch uh, i'm going to talk more about that on saturday live at uh, 10 a.m eastern on the main show 
But right here, right now, I did want to say that you can join us on patreon.com slash the comics pals, where right now you can catch the very first episode of Palling Around, which is our, you know, like sort of a lot of podcasts have their after dark show. It's kind of that's kind of our version of that. Uh, for the first one, we kind of talked about like, you know, some stories from our past that uh, <laughs> might that we might be a little embarrassed to share. I'll say that. And uh, we've already started getting some feedback. Uh, thank you to every single person that has joined so far. We really appreciate it. If you're thinking about it, um, I encourage you to take the plunge. Uh, we were not ever going to launch a Patreon if it wasn't going to be value. You know, if we couldn't make it worth it. And we feel like we found a way to make it worth it. We feel like we found a way to deliver more of what you guys like and try stuff and just kind of have fun. Um, and so if you're a longtime listener and you want to help us out, support, and get some cool content that you won't get any other way and early access to stuff, um, I think it's worth your time. We've got the newsletter up. Uh, mine is up now. Uh, I've got some feedback on that too. Um, and then every one of us will have a newsletter entry one a month. So I'll be up first, so on and so forth. Once we've all gone, I'll go again, so on and so forth. And that'll be the cadence. Um, we're not going to shill Patreon too much, but you can expect to hear from us every week about it. Sorry, it is what it is. And on the show this Saturday, we are going to be debuting the superhero names or supervillain names for every single person that joined us on Patreon. So thank you guys for that. Good. Show are there any... Are there any joiners who you feel off the bat we don't have to give any names uh super or otherwise who's a superhero and who's a supervillain just first ones that come to your mind I mean, yes yes <laughs> absolutely i wanted to discuss this once we named them because the, the, the if we're going chronologically who signed up first uh fortunately unfortunately matt murphy was the first one to sign up um matt so murphy think, yes uh, we need to 100 percent get of him them, out of the way right well, I mean, no spoilers for Saturday, but okay. Um, right. I did want to say something about the patrons found out uh, what books we're talking about this week. Literally, as I found out, I made that thing right away. <laughs> um, so I am trying to put it up there as soon as possible. So, you know, patrons can kind of get a head start on uh, what we're reading and maybe read along with us and, uh, you know, discuss the books that we read in the chat. So absolutely. Um, and we're and again, you know, we're going to talk more about that on Saturday because I feel like this is a new it's like a new world, you know, it feels amazing. Like, wow, I'm so excited to come and do the show and talk about all these wonderful people that are, that are like, you know, supporting us. It feels great. Uh, so again, huge thank you. Uh, we will talk about that, but also a lot of other things. It's been, it's been a week in comics uh, live on Twitch this Saturday at 10 a.m. 10.15 a.m. Eastern. If you want to catch this very show, Pals Polls Live, you can do that by joining us on Thursdays now at 6 p.m. Eastern. We decided to join to do this on Thursdays because we want to make sure we're giving you guys an opportunity to, you know, get your books, read them, get situated with them before we do our review. Uh, I've personally noticed that our YouTube numbers for Pals Polls generally kind of spike on Thursdays. So I feel like that that might be where that comes from. So trying this out hope it works hope it works for you guys give us feedback let us know we love feedback absolutely um you're not gonna offend me you can't hurt my feelings so just if if it works it works if it sucks it sucks just tell us uh, friends we've tried <laughs> um pals pulls or not pals pulls um 
book club. Our next book club, Doctor Strange, The Oath. Uh, that'll be out on the third. The third, yes, indeed. So just ahead That's of the a movie. promise. Yes, absolutely. Can't wait. That'll be fun. All right, let's 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 review some comics. Captain America number zero is up first. Uh, so this is the basically it's serving as a zero issue and an introductory issue for two different runs. So on one hand, you have the uh, Captain America Sam Wilson run, which is going to be by uh, Tochi Onibuchi. Um, and then you have, and, and he wrote a portion of this, but then you have the Captain America Steve Rogers run, which is going to be written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. So all three writers contributed to this single story. And it kind of, I don't know that I would say it gives you an idea of what we can expect in the, you know, in the separate runs, but it's just an intro. Um, the art is by Matea de Iulis, uh, with letters by Joe Carabagna. And of course, you know, uh, the cover by the amazingly talented legend of comics, Alex Ross. Kale, what'd you think? Oh, I did not like this one bit. Okay, why? I thought it was, the dialogue was insanely corny through the whole thing. It took me out of it the whole time. Um, the art gave me uh, Esad Ribic vibes. And literally for anyone else, that would be a good thing. I didn't care for it. Damn. It's pretty harsh, dude. I feel like I, I had fun with the uh with the writing here. It was I'm I'm not uh, a seasoned Captain America reader by any stretch of the imagination. And I think beyond the book club that we did a while back is sort of the extent of which I have read it. And seeing these two caps together just kind of knock out a villain. Um, I think it was, you know, pretty like meat and potatoes comics in that you get a villain, go in, come in, stop it, and you know, come out. And is that is that what meat and potatoes comics means? Because that's Maybe. not what it means to me. No. Like meat and potatoes is like this shit's gonna last a long time. Mm. This, I, I mean, this, uh, and I, no disrespect to the creators for this, but like. There was nothing here. There's nothing memorable here. I, I think as the introductory issue of it just being a romp, that's fine. That That's okay for it to be that for a zero issue. And then the number one will ideally, like this is introducing you to the creative team. The number one ideally will introduce you to the next story. So I... Um... I've been really looking forward to this because I love Captain America, both, both Captain Americas. Um, and, you know, I think it's great that they're just saying, okay, we're just going to, you know, let them both be cap, no distinction, you know, whatever, let's just go for it. Um, I don't think this was a great introduction to that. Um, Arnim Zola is, is, is a classic cap villain, you know, everyone loves him. I love him. Um, I kind of wish he didn't get jobbed out this way. Uh, I think that you could have probably built a story, you know, an introductory arc, at least, around him trying to do something, whatever that is. Um, and they didn't choose that, which I didn't love. And I got to agree with Kale on the dialogue front. I thought um, 
some of the dialogue was rough um especially arnim's like his taunting of of sam it it it, it reminded me all right so this is a little bit of a leap i guess but in <laughs> sorry this is such a this is such a leap i've been drinking go, go on go in on. in in world war Two. i've right? been drinking Oh boy! And, All right, <laughs> right and, off the bat, I know, right? Once, as soon as you start, it, it was real. Don't with... go there. It was real. Don't go there. So, in 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 World War Two, right? Uh, the Nazis sent letters to black um, uh, soldiers to basically say, like, "Hey, why would you fight for them? They treat you like crap." Yeah. Right. And when Arnim is taunting Sam, he says. Oh, well, you know what? This is the America that you support. And he lists all these things. And I'm like, well, what the hell would Sam specifically care about any one of these? He didn't bring up anything biting. Like there was no, there was no like commentary on, you know, black issues, minority issues. He was just like, oh, you would stand for a country that doesn't care about its environment. Like, okay. I mean, what country cares about its environment? Like we have a global crisis. It's not just America. He didn't, what he said didn't connect. And Sam was just like, yeah, I'll fight for this America. It, it, it didn't make me think, well, yeah, Sam has to consider those things. If he had brought up like, yeah, the, you would protect the country that kills black people in the streets. Sam might have to think about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just felt weak. It felt limp. And that was my issue with, with some of uh, this- Zola's dialogue. Your argument is the rare, uh, where is the politics in my comics? <laughs> yeah. 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 Why else? Yeah. I, yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, well, if you're yeah, going to put and, politics and, into a comic, maybe uh, Black Captain America is the right one. Uh, just saying. Yes, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because very specifically, like if you take a second with that dialogue and even think about it, like, oh, yeah, no, he's right. But then if you think about Sam's angle of it or and even – correlated to steve even for a second they're like yeah this country isn't perfect of course not right and then it's like well then what what are we doing <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah exactly tyler what are your thoughts um i actually i, I enjoy this i'm typically a big uh, captain america fan um i will i've pretty much read every run since the brewbaker stuff so i've read every modern captain america story i would say um and I enjoy it. I, I'm also a big fan of uh, Matteo De Ulis, mostly for um, his work on the Jessica Jones book that I mentioned, you know, I think on Saturday show or last week. Um, so I actually enjoyed this. I thought it was a fine zero issue. I, I don't really care much for the idea of the zero issue. Um, just the premise yeah. of it is not my biggest thing. It's just like, oh, let's start your story without starting your story. Right. So that, you know, people can get ready for it, especially when you have two separate, you know, books coming out of this. Um, so I thought I thought it was fine. I, I think I, I am interested to see what the actual separate ongoings do. Um, did, did they introduce um, Black Panther's white brother in this? Was that who that was? Yeah. The white <laughs> the white panther or something like that. Isn't there like the white wolf or oh, something that like that? Who that dude was? I saw a white dude saying my, my brother and I was like, excuse me. He had like the, the Wakandan dashiki on too. I'm like, yo, but maybe, yeah. but maybe he meant like my brother in Christ. Maybe it wasn't yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah. He's yeah, just, yeah. That dude was just a missionary. He wasn't like a, uh, you know, an actual, <laughs> he just got back from a trip. 
<laughs> yeah. He took a church trip to Wakanda. Yeah, now yeah, he calls yeah. them all his brothers. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, hey, uh, Sultan of Swing. Welcome. Glad you're here. Sultan was one of the people who actually uh, said, by the way, joined our, our Patreon. So thank you so much. We're going to give you and everyone else a proper thank you on Saturday. But was one of the people who said that they were uh, excited for Pals Pulse to be on Thursday so that they could join. So really appreciate that. And I'm glad you're here. Uh, I thought the art was really good. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. There were spots where I didn't love it. But some of the splash pages were were fantastic. Uh, like I'm holding it up right now, but it's cap and it's both caps, um, you know, in 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 midair, uh, throwing their shields, and uh, just looks super cool. There's also one of Steve Rogers slinging his shield, and it looks that one looks phenomenal too. Uh, let me see if I can find that one. A lot of really good shots in this book. I think Captain America's use of the shield and the dynamicism around the way that he fights lends itself well to a lot of really cool um action sequences and i thought that was taken advantage of here what do you guys think of sam shield it's fine i like it yeah i do like how he has his own thing now and, and it, it, it kind of sticks to what the shield is without you know without it being the same shield i don't know i'm cool with it yeah yeah i like it yeah um, a lot of people complained about it at first. I think it looks better in the book mm -hmm. than it did in some of the preview images, at least this book. I don't know how it's going to look in the main series, but um, yeah, this wasn't the best thing ever, but it was fine. It was cool. Um, I'm, it didn't excite me more for either series, um, but I'm already pretty excited for them, so that's okay. I would say um, pull this book because of the cover alone. That might be one of my favorite covers I've seen in a long time. It's hot. It's the Most color. Yeah. Really, Sean? I get it. I didn't do that on purpose. Yeah, sure. He's, he's been drinking. He gets punnier while he drinks? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah, pull it. Pull. Ass. Wait for the number one. Anti-American kale yet again. I think I think that's reasonable. I just I, I think it's reasonable. Um, if you want if you want Arnim Zola, because we all want Arnim Zola, pull it. Uh, no, I'm like, uh, I didn't know he was a hot commodity. Hell yeah, dude! What? Arnim Zola's the man. Uh, Sean will go for Sean will go to bat for Arnim Zola, but he won't give a he won't lift a finger to figure out who Wildcat is. You're <laughs> damn right. <laughs> You're, how many times has Wildcat been in a live action uh, show or movie? He's uh, in the Stargirl series. Is and it? I believe he might have been in Smallville. Uh, oh, so, shows up. so he's in the CW stuff. Okay. Uh, I was going to say there's the female Wildcats also, I think, in Legends of Tomorrow, is it? Yes. Yeah. CW. Yeah. 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 Uh, listen, I, that 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 wasn't uh you're you're trying to put down what i said there your question was live action you didn't say kale i'm not putting down what you said i'm putting down the fact of him appearing in listen, cw shows i'm not putting just you down. Krang rip off oh, and arrow get, yeah 
Uh, Matt See says you. Arnim Zola fleshlight went. Oh shit! Why do I read those things? <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, I thought we had an agreement not to read the comments if you haven't read them I before it was a you read I saw the live. So the question marks. I thought it was oh a question. Oh my god! Ugh. Jesus. I know. I know uh, a guy who could make one though. You tell me when Wildcat's in a movie. That's when I'll show him. I'll put respect on his name at that moment. Thanks, Sean. Thanks. Uh, and, uh, Harris says that uh, Slumber, separate series, but uh, it's a new Nathan Fox series. I agree. It's good stuff, uh, Harris. All right. Let's talk about the Vampire Slayer number one. Notably, not Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, the cover says, from the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And the inside uh, credits, which, of course, this is written by Sarah Gailey, illustrated by Michael Shelfer, uh, colors by Valentina Pinto, and assists by Ricardo Giardina, lettered by Ed Dukeshire. Um, Yes? Why did you read this? (laughs) Why did we read this? That's a great question, man. Uh, So before I answer answer that, uh, on the inside cover, it says, first of all, they alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the vampires, blah, blah, blah. They're the slayers. So notably not she, right? Because that's the whole vampire slayer sure. creed. Mm-hmm. So now it's they, not she. Uh, it says, and this is an entirely new universe. Now, good thing I read that because I would have been completely confused by what this was if I had it. Um, and I'm still pretty confused, to be honest. We read this, Marco, because it's a, it's a Buffy number one. Okay. And and why not? You know, Buffy's great. I mean, this, however, was not great. My favorite thing about it was not knowing who Buffy was until at least oh, really? nineteen out of the twenty-three pages. <laughs> yeah, we read. Way later, I got it as soon as I had the uh, the um, the we didn't speak going on. She's like a crab god, you know. It's just like segmented speak. I was like, all right, at least you got the voice down. Like, I think the voice was good here. What, it, what, was mid, it was Willow, mid. Willow's it was mid. Was a little, voice. Willow's wasn't very good, but also this is not our Willow. So, um, yeah, I wasn't feeling this. I'm a big Buffy head, too. And like this, uh, this was not my favorite. I've read better Buffy comics. I also like the premise is gets lost. Like if you're just going to be Willow the Vampire Slayer, just tell me. Like I would have read that. <laughs> All right, so Matt's comment is highlighted, which means we have to read it. I don't, I don't think that's the case. We have to. We have All to. All right, fine. He it says points. Buffy Thussy confirmed. Now, Matt, <laughs> what does that actually mean? Well, I so don't know. I can describe it. So a, right. a thussy is it's is like it a, like they, a... They, it's it's they them pussy. <laughs> oh, all right, God, incredible. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yep. God. All right. Uh, you know what? That's I'm gonna, what happens uh, when you highlight your message, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a mistake. It. This is that like when I had to des- this is like when I had to describe what Bussy was to my, my wife's grandma. <laughs> Why would you do what? that? She asked. I told her. And you didn't lie. She no, didn't I was know. like, I was like, you know what pussy is? She's like, Yeah. I'm like, well, it's boy pussy. <laughs> oh like, my okay. god. Yeah, it's fine. We're cool. Why didn't you just ask your wife to describe it? I, I looked at her like, you ready? She's See? like, yep. All right. So It's a good idea. I got the okay. This is like oh, a grandma. Wow. We would play like Cards Against Humanity when that was like a thing that people played, you know? Like, 
And it was my That's custom cool. made uh, Cards Against Humanity, which was extra weird. So <laughs> That's crazy. I, I wrote a lot um, of cards that were, were not okay. But All right. Anyway, let's talk about Thanks, Buffy. Matt. <laughs> this this just it just wasn't good. Um so the the Buffy comics started off and I'm talking about like once they once they decided to continue the show within the books starting from season 8, that was Joss Whedon writing. And then Joss Joss wrote season 8 and then they passed the baton and Crystal's Gage was on it. And, you know, you had some you had some like mid-tier writers working on it and some some pretty quality people. Um, and it kind of got a little less good every time they passed the baton. Um, this is the first time that I rate that I'm reading the Buffy books. I'm like, I don't I can't do this. Hmm. I feel like um, it tries to do Whedon esque dialogue and it's just not funny. And then it like tries to acknowledge that it's not funny, but that's not funny. Um, and then there's a giant crab monster that they're fighting. I have no idea why. And I don't really care that they're, it's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer book and they're fighting a giant crab monster. Okay, yeah, that was going to be a question that I had. Is that normal? Yeah. Kaiju is typically not. Vampires? It's, it, so it's not normal, right? Like in the show, they fight creatures that are not vampires, but they're like, you know, adjacent, like you know, monsters. Yeah, not cryptids. Wasn't yeah, Adam like yeah. a cyborg? Right. Adam was a cyborg, but that was like horror, and and that that was but supposed still, to represent it's still the evolution humanoid of the show. level. Right. Exactly. Not kaiju, which fair and, and, budget and pa- reasons. Yeah. Part of that maybe is because the show had a budget that was not great, and they couldn't do certain things, but. The point wasn't to say, hey, we can, we're in comics now. We can do anything we want. Let's have a giant crab. Who cares? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not cool. Uh, so it lost points from the first page for me. Yeah, for sure. I, I think opening that way was just disarming for a second. Because I'm like, okay, did something happen before this? Did I miss, like, a summoning? What's going on? And then they don't actually say people's names up until maybe... I want to say like 10 pages in is the first thing that gets dropped. It's a problem. Um, And like Giles, I think, was the first thing that popped up. And I I was just confused by who everybody was. I liked the banter enough that Mm. it kept me along and the reading was at least smooth. But otherwise, just kind of throwing you into the deep end on this one with a crab. Mm -hmm. That's like day one stuff, man. You got to introduce your characters. Page one. I, I think the issue is that this book requires the reader to have an a, like a recognition of Buffy characters. Yes, both both yep. visually and by I guess voice. Even though the voice is a little like uh, I've heard this stuff in my screenwriting for TV class in college, but you know, <laughs> like and maybe that's just where the Buffy books are. Nobody's really picking up a new Buffy book. Who's not a Buffy fan. Maybe that's just the case, but like uh, you need to be a Buffy fan to even get the interactions here and why they, they're, they, they mean something, you know, like if I never read Buffy, I'd be like, Oh, that's a cool, it's cool to see that Buffy's a ginger with, you know, like, Oh, her name is Willow. Never mind. Like <laughs> I was waiting for Buffy to show up. Yeah. Same. <laughs> like, okay. I think I remember Buffy's blonde. But mm-hmm. this person is blonde, and she's not acting like I 
think Buffy acts, so she must not be Buffy. She, she didn't even know what a fire extinguisher was. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't like a lead, it felt like. So I was confused by that because I'm like, oh, if this is in the universe, obviously she should be up front and center. And she wasn't. My, I have yeah. two more. I have two other yeah. issues with this book. First off, the cover, I, I, the art around the cover is good. I don't like this glowing random person in it because that's not what the story is. The story isn't like some random yeah. person becomes the Slayer. It's some alternate universe where Willow is a slayer. Like, that's the story. And also, it's like, it just, you lose so much on the cover there. I mean, also, they're missing the best character in the whole Buffy universe in this in this series, and that's Anya. So, oh, Anya. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Best, best character. I guessed. <laughs> I, for some reason, I don't think Tyler's an angel guy. I'm, I'm not. You're right, Sean. You're right. I don't care much for Angel. <laughs> I've tried the show too. I know there's a puppet episode which I kind of got into, but you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, hold on. You're not. You can't talk about that episode <laughs> while Harris and I are here. At Harris, talk about that in the chat, please. I never seen times, it. I know it exists. How many never times do we watch that episode? How many times do we quote Smile Time? Yes, apps. Oh my God, that's one of the best episodes of TV that I have seen. So Jack Rye asked, like, does Willow use witchcraft as a slayer? And, like, even that's, like, kind of up in the air. Like, she yeah. tries, you know? She like sort the, of did. The, what's the word I'm looking for? The rules are not set in this world. Yeah, it, it plays off of the show and the general theme with Willow that she's kind of like the Jean Grey of uh, of the Buffyverse in that she's, she's powerful <laughs> But there's a line that she can cross at which she goes bad. Um, okay. And they don't, they, they try to toe that line. And so that's what they were toying with here. Um, but I don't think it works because there's no preamble to it. It's just, mm -hmm. hey, remember, you can't do this because you might go bad. Who knows? And that doesn't work if you've never read Buffy before. I yeah. thought if she did that, she was going to like die or like explode or something. No stakes. I mean, besides the yeah. actual stakes in this book, there are no stakes. Yeah, uh, no, no stakes here. Only crab meat. Um, I I thought the art was solid. Um, for the most part, I think some of the faces are a little like doughy. I don't know. They're a little <laughs> I, doughy. I actually had a lot of beef with the art. Um, yeah. Okay. I didn't actually feel like the art. So one thing in comics is when you draw a panel, you're supposed to you know, capture the moment that best represents, you know, uh, what it says in the script, what's, what's happening, you know, and I, man, I didn't feel like any of this did that, especially in the action scenes. Uh, I felt like there were a lot of, uh, close-ups that were unnecessary as I'm specifically remembering one, um, where she catches the amulet or something. Oh, the hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, what is going on here? What is this fight? Like, I didn't feel like they were actually fighting the crab monster with whatever it was they were doing because I couldn't tell what was going on because it was all close-ups. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah there was the moment also, uh, a few pages right after that, Kale, where the, the crab monster, like, dives the hand into the dirt but there's like two consecutive panels where it's just in the dirt and then all of a sudden it grabs the uh um the amulet and disappears for a second 
yeah there was some confusion there for me too like i was like what happened yeah and also there's a lot of um nondescript concrete backgrounds yeah i don't like that when there's just a bland background to to cover the fact that i don't know we just don't don't add depth to where we are in the scene that's hard like that's what i do with our thumbnails when i'm running low on time like you know like (laughs) (laughs) wow um pass Sorry, I love Buffy to death. Buffy is my favorite character in anything. That world will always mean Ooh, something anything. really, really wow, special okay. to me. Yeah, I, I've loved Buffy since I was, what, seven years old? Um, and I learned a lot from that show. But this comic was just not good, unfortunately. Like, I hope it gets better. I want to continue to read Buffy books. And, you know, all credit to the creators for their shot. But I just didn't think this, um, I don't think this nailed it by any means. Yeah, yeah hard, hard pass. Wouldn't pass. even acknowledge in the comic shop. Same. Pass. All right. Let's talk about Nice House on the Lake number eight. Am I the only one who's, like, confused? Like, I kind of I, I kind of <laughs> got where I need it. Like, by the end, I was like, okay, I, I think I'm on it now. But every time I open this damn book now, I'm like, what is happening? Um, so, real quick, uh, James Tinian is the writer. Alvaro Martinez Bueno on art, Jordi Belair on colors, and world design on letters. Um, yeah, so the first, like, half of this book, I was very confused. Like, wait, what's happening? Why why is she running around with a gun? Uh, why is, um, what's his name, hanging out Walter? Why is he hananging out with them? I was what super confused. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I'm in the same boat as you, actually, though. Like, my my relationship with Nice House on the Lake is I love this book. But every issue, it takes me 66% of the way through the book to realize, uh, okay, I think I know where I am again. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of catch-up I have to do. Uh, mostly because it starts off with a new oh, – not a new character, but, like, it starts off with a character who's in this nondescript future setting we haven't gotten to yeah. yet. Yeah. Uh, and they're all dirty and like I could barely tell who it is in the first place. And they flash back to when they're younger with a whole new hairstyle. They don't address their name directly. And I get I get I get confused. And I and like I almost wish like if you're not gonna do a catch up uh, like a recap panel or a page, which I would fucking love in this type yeah. of book, at least tell us someone's name in the dialogue. Like, hey Sarah, like there we go. Like I know it can get hokey and um almost like you're holding a, the reader's hand a, a little bit too much. But if you're completely changing what the character looks like, I can't tell who's who. And most of these characters are white people, like like with the same kind of hairstyles and everything. So I lose track. But once we started getting into uh, Raya or Reigns, uh, the blue-haired woman who was in our, our first POV character. Ryan? Ryan. Yeah, something like that. See, even then I can I got, I got R- the gist of it. Raya Reigns? <laughs> what, like, what is that, a porn name? <laughs> uh, it can be. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Then, then I kind of got like I can always get what happens in the story by the end of it, but I do have yeah. some trouble usually getting there. Sultan says in the chat, "This book is a hard trade weight." I also get confused, and like I kind of agree. I never, I don't trade weight literally anything. Um, but it's this is tough. This is tough. I'm telling you, when I read the first trade. It was the best reading experience I've had. Hmm. Um, like I, I didn't have any trouble with this. I, I picked up exactly 
where I thought it would and had had no trouble at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but reading that first trade was the best experience. Mm-hmm. It made me love this book book even more. Despite that, uh, once I was able to kind of figure out what was happening, I thought this was, I mean, it's very good. This is one of the best books on the stands, I think. Um, It changed the dynamic. So now, right, for those of you who are keeping score at home, now Walter has basically inserted himself into this, you know, this area, this this location where they're all sort of, uh, you know, stuck. And it's as if he was always there and they don't remember that there was a time he wasn't there. They don't remember that he placed them there. They don't know any of that. And he's just one of the crew. The only person who knows is Nora and she's like being kept secluded elsewhere from everyone else. And she's, you know, antagonizing him for being a piece of garbage. And, you know, we're still getting flashbacks that showcase, you know, why he chose certain people what kind of a person Walter was um, when they were all young and stuff like that. It's all very compelling, you know, Um, it really is. And it's a, it's an interesting look at what life is like when you're, you know, in high school, college, the way you build your friendships and stuff like that, the people that you want to have in your life for the rest of your life, little do all these people know that's going to be at the cost of everyone else in life. Like they're not going to get to be around anyone else. What an extremely selfish thing. But like Mm. the other side of that, which is also so interesting is that apparently like from what I understand, this was going to happen either way. Mm -hmm. Everyone was going to die either way. So Walter just chose who he would save. Yeah. Yeah. This is his experiment essentially of like the people that he cares about and there's only a limited number and, the thing that in this issue I asked myself was why does he keep excluding at least one person, which then leads to them finding out that there's another person. And then that like messes with the whole, I guess, um, I don't know the, the environment that they live in. Cause the first time it was, I forget one of the, the other artists and yes, yeah. when, once he got brought in, then, you know, they started thinking about things and then they had a whole realization that, you know, they need to figure out how to way to escape. Then Walter came in, erased everybody's memories. And now we're this is the same boat with Nora. And I'm confused why he would set himself up in these situations where he couldn't just have erased her mind and have all of them interact in well, the house. I, because he didn't do this to be lonely. Yeah. You know, and I, and I also think like, especially this issue in particular, it shows that he's not perfect. Like, he doesn't know everything. Mm. And yeah, he he knew, like, this big event was happening, but he doesn't fully understand humans. Like, he has this idealized version of humanity, um, which the cracks are showing, you know? Like, he just can't keep... He even, he, he even says, I think, to, to Nora, like, I can't just keep mind-wiping them. And she's like, yeah, duh. <laughs> right. You know? Well, yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, that one mind-wipe would have sufficed, and Nora could have just also been integrated, and no one would be the wiser. Right. There wouldn't be this person who does remember things sure. and who it just felt like a hole in, in sort of the the logic there. I think you just need somebody to know. Yeah, because yeah. throughout the whole series, he's always told everyone his plan of eventually and then mind wipes them right away. Like, I think that's his flaw. Like he needs somebody there to know what's going on to like bounce ideas off of. OK, yeah. Um, I, I'm really interested in seeing like what other people of his race are 
you know, what other, yeah. the other aliens, like what kind of German. You know, <laughs> oh man yeah that is scary um <laughs> yeah i mean this this is real good like this is this is one of the issues where it's like kind of hard to, to review just because nothing really happens um but i'm still in on it you know i'm still very much enjoying it and whenever walter like flips out like i'm holding a page up right now of Walter going into his like I'm angry alien face thing mm -hmm. and it's just so creepy and it just reminds you like you're not dealing with a human no matter how he talks no matter how he acts no matter how emotional he is he's not a human yeah that's when and... he shows up his uh Waltussy at that point oh god <laughs> <laughs> his nice um, house on the Waltussy <laughs> oh there's, there's, my god sean you mentioned like there's nothing nothing interesting nothing nothing of note really happens in this issue but i i think there's one thing that kind of flies under the radar mm. it's the fact that we learned that ryan was never meant to really be there so he was essentially a backup yeah and there was mm. now there's two artists in this version of the lake mm. and like they're forced to stay together and so there's are there other backups, you know, like were there other, it's almost like, um, what's it called in, in a play when you're, you know, there's the, yeah. an understudy. Yeah. There's almost like there's understudies involved here, uh, which I'm curious about because that could maybe expand the cast for more people I can't recognize. But how, because isn't everyone dead? Like, so where, so if there's, if there are understudies as you described them, mm -hmm. where are they? Are they hidden? Like were, yeah. were they, were they also like plucked and put aside just in case, but everyone in the outside world is dead. Like that's how we found else? out. That's how we found out about the second artist. Like three issues in, that they were the the, the black dude, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. There's a hatch, Sean. There's a hatch somewhere. They just gotta open up the hatch. Dude, I wish I'm waiting for a hatch. I'm dying for there to be a hatch. Is a hatch a trope I, at this point? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I would say so. I think, yeah. So. I think I think that's where Nora is. Is the hatch? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. She's the writer. Yeah. Let, let's let's so. take a look at the handy so. dandy guide in the back of the comic and let's find out. Nora is the writer. Yes, Nora Jacobs is the writer and the smoker, apparently. Um, yeah, so I, I'm I obviously pull. But I'm very much leaning towards, like, I personally, right, would never trade away a book in general. But in terms of a recommendation, I'm leaning towards telling you guys trade weight just because it is kind of tough to follow. I hope that by now with the next issue, I'll be right on board. But that's a month away and that I might forget because a lot of comic books come out in a given month. Uh, so I might forget. But easy pull. If you're If you're still haven't jumped on, Get the first trade. If you enjoy that, then you know just jump in. It's it's still it's still early. We're only eight eight issues in, out of twelve, right? Yeah, yeah. So four left. It's not going to be a. You're not going to break your bank to jump in on this. But real quick, there's only four issues left. Mm -hmm. What the fuck has happened? <laughs> I, yeah. I was just thinking, like, if if these instances where they're doing those introductions is like in the future after there's some sort of breakdown at the the lake house, how are we getting there? Like, there there seems like there's so much left 
to explore even in the house because we haven't they're only getting new spaces now they've the last time they got i don't know like they climbed up like a mountain and that's pretty much the farthest that they've gotten so far mm-hmm. but there's it feels like there's a lot just kind of outstanding there's a lot of threads hanging there's just i don't know how I he's th- going to tie that i think this round has to end it because yeah. it it one like like you say we're getting close to the end but it's also you know they're no matter what he does they're putting stuff together mm-hmm. and uh i think i think he's gonna get frustrated with that um quicker than not you know what i mean like this time they're putting together satellite dishes and whole you know uh, uh mountain uh, base camps to figure out what is going on but they don't know that the outside world is gone mm. uh so i don't think this i don't think this experiment is going to last much longer i think i know how it ends i think walter is going to get a letter in the mail he opens it up and it's a check and it says substack and then it just ends <laughs> <laughs> i feel like walter is low-key james to the end though <laughs> That's just my head cannon. Uh, so we've got a first time chat from the real Doilerium. Doilerium? Like, like Doilerium. And I'm going to read this. It's long, <laughs> but I'm going to read it. And I'm going to read it exactly how it is written. Do you think there will be a comic one day that is about a dolphin and he is really massive and he can just stop crimes? And then there's a flashback and it's some fish being bad to his parents. Then there's like a fish he befriends and he solves crimes, but it's in the future. Shout out from England. You guys seem nice. Thank you very much. I, I think I think we found Grant Morrison's t- uh, Twitch account. <laughs> Thank you very much. We appreciate the comment. Please do be sure to follow. Let me answer your question because I do have an answer. Hmm. The answer is yes. Hmm. There will one day be a comic about a dolphin who is really massive. And he will stop crimes. And do you know why? Do you know why that comic will exist one day? Doilarium. The reason is because you will write it. The reason is because if that's your idea and you want to see it exist, you need to go make it. Make it happen. Yeah, we, there could be a comic about anything if you make it happen. And we believe in you. Yeah. And, and honestly, Dolphins is smart enough. I think you can market that correctly to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, waterproof pages. Yeah. If it's in the if it's in the future, it could be like a minority report situation. I'll make a deal with you. If you produce this dolphin comic, <laughs> we'll read it and we'll review it on the show. We absolutely will. Also, uh, if you want dolphin related uh, comics to follow, was it Sean uh, Rick Remender, Tokyo Ghost? Did that have the dolphin in it? Um, there was the Sean Murphy one where it was in the future where there was a dolphin. Uh, I don't recall the dolphin. Oh, but if it, it was Rick Remender and, and then it had to be Tokyo. No, was it Scott Snyder and Tinny and uh, or and Gordon Murphy on The Wake? There is a good dolphin. There's good dolphin stuff out there. The Wake was good. Brute Force is a futuristic uh animal super team by Marvel where there is a dolphin in a mech suit. And he fights crime. He, he helps environmental crime. Brute Force. Good stuff. Marvel's bringing it back for some uh some why do I know about dolphin comics? Why is this directly targeted towards me? Apparently, too good, dude. I don't know, dude. Let's talk about something normal like a DC book. Uh, Batman Superman World's Finest, number two, Day of Doom Patrol. 
is the uh, the tagline here for this particular issue. Uh, of course, this is Mark Wade. We are still experiencing Mark's Mark Wade's return to DC Comics proper. Uh, Dan Moron, Art, you literally like if you're gonna come back to DC, and your first artist is Dan Mora, that's pretty good. Like you can't do a lot better. Tamra Bonvillain mm, on nice. colors and Aditya Bidikar on letters. Um, you know, I uh, I really enjoyed the first issue. It wasn't like the best thing I've ever read, but it was pretty good. It was you know it was enjoyable, solid. Um, this one I feel like was a little long in the talky stuff. Yeah, but the meat of it, I I dug. I'm still in. I like this. It's fun. I only had one issue with this book, and I just I didn't like the the uh, Niles Calder freaking out. Um, in my head, Niles never freaks out. Right. Um, he's a little more calm and collected. Um, but the, the banter between him and Bruce trying to outsmart each other was great. <laughs> that was good. Um, it's weird. I don't hear voices for characters in my head, but I hear whenever Rita's talking a, a, a elastic woman. Right? What is what is her? Doom Patrol name. I always forget. Oh, is it not Elastic Girl? That's Incredibles. That's why I always get it confused with. Um, but I always, I always hear that 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 Mid Atlantic Hollywood accent because of the fucking TV yeah, show. That like Paget uh, Paget Brewster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like a thrilling adventure <laughs> hour sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I hear the TV characters' voices in my head, which is wild for me. It was like, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. that's a definitive version of Doom Patrol in my head. And just seeing them in here, like, fuck Batman, fuck Superman. Um, you can if you want to, uh, but it, it like seeing Doom Patrol in this was just great, and I and I'm excited to see if they they use them more in this, which it doesn't look like it, but I hope this is a little of a taste of uh, some more that we're getting by them. I, I hope they keep it up with like the wacky characters because Doom mm-hmm. Patrol kind of for Batman and Superman just feels like you know out of left field to be able to integrate them into one of the comics, and so for them to keep like. I can see them joining forces with like Detective Chimp or something, you know, like that's the next. He's mainstream book. now, dude. <laughs> Fair enough, but yeah, I, that that kind of you know out there concept of we're gonna mix and match these two iconic heroes with some other maybe tertiary or secondary superhero, that's fun. Yeah. And yeah. So you want like the brave the the Batman brave and the bold in comic book form? Basically, dude. That's dude. That I've been wanting be, that for years. Yeah. Let me see Bawana Beast. To do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Dude's an encyclopedia for comic book knowledge. Like, mm-hmm. it's so good. Uh, I love this. I thought that was great. This was fun. That story about like the the ancient villain or whatever that was Devil Neza. That was dry, dude. I was. Oh, you didn't like, care much for that. No, no, it was too I, long. I gotta say, I, I, so, I, I really liked the Robin Supergirl dynamic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't like that they just went back in time. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they walked to like a door and it's like, here it is. Yeah. Because of the sword, I guess. Like I've been trying to put that together in my head all day, and it's. Well, I guess it's just because of the sword, and she knows she can see tachyons. I guess. All right. That it, it, it probably shouldn't be that easy to go back in time. Right? Yeah. 
Um, that's kind and, of a big deal. And if you can fly at the speed of time travel, should you be carrying a regular human right <laughs> by his arms? I didn't and think also, about he wasn't surprised first... at all. Like he was just like, oh yeah, we we're just back in back yeah, in time. Right? You know, I didn't think about the first part of what you said. You're right about it, but I definitely thought about the second part. Robin should be like completely dead, right? Like there's yeah. just no, there's yeah. just no way that a regular body can survive that. But all right, um, yeah, this was fun, and I also like you know I shouted out Dan Moore in the beginning. Dan Moore is one of the best, and I just I'm waiting for him to like really get that big top shelf a plus level book mm-hmm. um he had i believe he had a book with bendis i want to say that he did um or once, i might know once my future no that's gillen i'm not i'm, I'm wrong it's not it, it's not him it's um it's uh shoot the artist behind Civil War Two, David Marquez. David yeah. Marquez is the one that came over with Bendis and did Batman, Superman, and a couple other things. Dan Mora though needs that at bat. He needs that A level top tier book, and I don't think this is quite that. Um, I like it for him. I like that he's the first artist that's teaming with Mark Wade on Mark's return to mainstream DC. But I want Dan to go from here to Batman, or you know, like something like that. Avengers. Uh, I mean, of course, but I don't know if Dan is working with DC anymore. Or with Marvel, rather. I'm sorry. Fair. Man, Robin's shoulders and this book looked incredible. His Robin <laughs> looks great. Did you like the bit where they acknowledge his pants? Yeah. 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 That was funny, yeah. Well, what's what's with the relationship between him and Supergirl? Mm-hmm. I always thought like, it was like a rival much. thing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Rivaled, yeah, friendly, you know. Because she was never really a, a Titans member. She kind of, like, was her own thing. Yeah. Really. She was, like, I guess the first one to really graduate to, like, her own superhero. Um, So she kind of missed the boat with the Titans, really. Yeah, yeah. I think she's, Before, a, yeah. I think she's a little bit older, canonically. Yeah, yep. Uh, so... She's older than she's Clark not, canonically, so yeah, she's not yeah. technically a sidekick. Beautiful colors, too. By the way, this wow. is a very beautifully colored comic book. Um, Tamra's amazing. She's really yeah. good. Yeah, I love Tamra. Uh, this was my book of the week, actually. Really? Yeah. Over Nice House, I think. I think I think so too, Marco. Yeah, I think I'm with you. It was just fun. My book yeah. of the week was Inferno. No, um, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, this is my book of the week. <laughs> Listen, whatever. This is my book of the week on what is admittedly not a, like, at least as far as the books that we read, not the best week we've had. Um, but hey, you know, it happens. That's because next week's a fucking doozy. Indeed. Yeah, we've got some bangers next week. This week was not as stacked. I mean, my, my poll list was very short. Uh, in comparison to what it normally is. But yeah, I would say pull this. World's Finest is still a lot of fun. Um, again, it's not, it doesn't take place in the now of DC, um, which allows it to be whatever it needs to be. And I think that that's, that always leaves room for a lot of play. And Mark Wade, as was mentioned earlier, is like an encyclopedia for this stuff. So letting him use whoever he wants, do whatever he wants. Perfect sandbox for a creator like him. 
All right. Let's jump in to comics tag. So I was tagged by Tyler to read Ice Cream Man. Oh, that's right. Did you you eat ice cream while you were reading it? Are you insane? Do you know what would happen to me? (laughs) Not advisable. This is the only way you could could imbibe on ice cream, actually. I mean, the the true horror is what would happen in Sean's bowels. Yeah, I wish it was bowels. (laughs) No, it's it's all over. (laughs) Dude, if it was just my bowels, I wouldn't be able to be here right now because I would have eaten a pizza earlier. I'd be on the guys, toilet. If you want to know about Sean's re- relationship with dairy, uh, join our Patreon. Listen to <laughs> listen to Palin Around episode one. Yeah. Uh, yes. I learned a lot there. Probably you more than hear, I wanted. You will hear the origin of how I learned that I cannot consume dairy. And it was probably almost the worst possible way that I could yeah. possibly <laughs> learn that information. Absolutely. Yeah, so. yeah I think so. Uh, so this was Ice Cream Man number 29. Uh, it actually came out yesterday. Uh, they didn't have it at Midtown, um, which I was surprised by. But hmm. um, so this issue, at first, I was like, okay, what the hell am I reading? Um, there's an ice cream dude. I'm not sure if people even know he's there or not. It was just weird. But the more I read it, the more I got connected to the story. And it felt like a story just about like, hey, man, you know, um, we're all going to live and die and you're going to make mistakes along the way and you can't take anything with you and life is just about trying to be the best person that you can but accepting that sometimes you're going to fail you know you're not going to be the perfect person that you think you're going to be and never run into a situation where you were the bad guy or a situation where you had an addiction or you know you passed by a homeless person and didn't give them any money you know you're not going to be that person who's perfect that that person doesn't exist on earth. Um, but hopefully what you leave behind with, you know, when you go is um, memories for people that you, you know, did right by them in some way that you were there for them. Um, and that's the message I got out of the book. Tyler, I don't know if you read it, if you, if that's what you I got out of it. I did read it actually. But... Yeah, I did read it. Um, and it reminded me why I liked Ice Cream Man. It is, this was like one of the least horror-y kind of issues that I that I remember this is a lot more heartfelt and I don't know if like this is a story about like somebody who actually died um, I feel like it is but because there was like an RIP at the end like an yeah. in memoriam um, which mm-hmm. kind of made it a little more heartfelt than what I remember Ice Cream Man being but I, I always like how Ice Cream Man really kind of just taps into like a human experience yeah and it's a very internal thing that again that then gets externalized in really fucked up ways um uh, but I enjoyed it. It's about like the, the things you leave behind, either physical or even like the anxiety you leave behind and how that gets transferred in this. So this is really good. And I'm glad that this was the issue I read because, you know, I'm not sure what the book is normally like. This book touched me right where I live at. Um, this was very, very, very good. Um, the art was, you know, the art's uh, pretty like basic. There are some like kind of nasty moments like where he pulls out a you know, some kind of squid-like creature from a dead dude's mouth. Um, That's pretty gross. But for the most part, it's pretty, you know, straightforward, and it's about the the moments and the the, the emotional aspect of it. Uh, This actually, matter of fact, this is my book of the week. Okay. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Sean, would you pick up the first volume now because of this? I think I would. Yeah, Yeah. I think I would. I think I'd like In fact, I probably will. 
the art's a little a little um it's a little dirty in a way it's like it's like how do i explain this it's kind of clean you know mm. in, in terms of its lines and stuff but like none of the lines are ever really straight they're always a little scratchy it's like this facade that's been put on there you know right of like, ooh, we're gonna try and look really clean and normal, but there's always a little, a little bit going on there in the background, which I really enjoy. Uh, Martin Marazzo reminds me a lot of like a sort of like a Frank Quietly in that yeah. there's a lot of crinkles in the line, a lot of you know extra just straight clean lines, but they're just added there for texture. And I like mm-hmm. what he does is he he dots them. They're not yep. like straight actual lines. If you look at them, they're dotted all, all along the way um mm-hmm. it's it he's one of my favorite artists uh he's real good met him at uh, comic-con at some point nice my shaky hands could never do that so <laughs> so of course that that uh gives me the power to tag someone now tyler thank you uh for actually tagging me with something good i figured i give you ice cream since you can't you don't normally consume that so mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, so I'm going to tag you right back with something that I think is good. Yeah, right, Matt. That I don't. Th- I think that's the first time that that's happened. I here. believe it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to tag you with a book that I was just reminded of because I I learned from the creator Gabriel Hardman that it will not be continuing. Is this it book Invisible is called- Republic. It absolutely is. Okay, I have the first trade. I haven't read it, and I have it signed. Oh, you have it signed? Yeah, I got it from Hardman, yeah. I'm a big Hardman fan. Me too. I've never read Invisible Republic. Invisible Republic is extremely underrated. It's one of the best series that I have read, and I think you're going to love it. It's so, so, so good. Um, It's by Hardman and his wife. I'm not sure if they're still together, but his wife at the time anyway, Karina Becko. Um, and it's essentially a book about a future world where there is some sort of conspiracy. I won't go into it. And various different sort of people have to work together to figure out what's going on and how to deal with it. And it's very like drama and political and sci-fi and stuff like that. So read as much as you can, I guess. Yeah, I got it in 2017. Apparently I still haven't, still haven't read it. It's on my shelf. So thanks for giving me a reason. Nice. Cool. That works out. Now it's time for the segment the show's named after, Palsh Pulls. Pulls. Palsh Pulls. All right, Palsh Pulls. This week we got for Palsh Pulls, we got uh, uh, Ghost Cage number two. Uh, this is my pick. Um, this is by Nick Dragota and Caleb Gellner. Uh, this is uh, a wild book when I first read the first issue. It's, it's black and white, and it's got real, like, uh, Akira vibes to it. It's essentially a tech like an IT person for this conglomerate company has to then guide this new living weapon, almost like an Astro Boy sort of thing going on, to fight all these elements in this giant power plant. Um, And it's like fight after fight after fight. And it's really good. It's Nick Jagroda on art doing some like really crazy manga influence shit. Um, I I thought the first issue was wild. Um, I think Marco and Kale would actually like this. Sean might too. I picked up the first issue, but I haven't read it. Oh, and he got puberty too when he picked it up. (laughs) (laughs) This is my favorite running glitch of the show. None of the other glitches are fun. This is the only fun one. I just love that it sounds like Markle's balls drop in the middle of (laughs) the podcast. Like, (laughs) dude, I do nothing. I do. There we go. There we go. 
Your computer just hates you. But that's how it happens. You do nothing, and then one day your voice is just deep. That's it. Yeah, and one day you wake up, the bed's wet. (laughs) After a good old dream about animated series Jean Grey. Um, Let's go to the next book. Um, I actually put The Amazing Spider-Man number one by Zeb Wells uh, and John Romina Jr. on there. Uh, I had something else, but then Sean wanted it too, so I was like, "Yeah, I can, I can, I can futz around a bit." Um, yeah, I don't know about this cover. This is, Look at uh, his leg. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I know he's doing the old stanky leg a bit here, um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's JRJR doing Spider Man. Spider Man, like I don't care what year it is. Like I'm gonna read that no matter what, and and I really like Zeb Wells lately. I've I've typically always like Zeb Wells from when I when I've read his stuff like him coming back lately is like uh, okay do you right. uh do you know about how beyond ends yeah want me to spoil it for you <laughs> do you no, need no, the, I, the preference okay I think I know and I'm wondering if <laughs> this is I don't think you the know direct... <laughs> it's beyond think... ends in a weird way I read what happens and I just don't understand Marvel sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to spoil it for you, Cal? I can throw a spoiler alert up there. I'm pretty sure I know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do okay. It. Spoiler alert for Spider Man Beyond. Um, ben Riley gets a lot of his memories uh, removed for all yeah, the okay. good stuff that Uncle Ben told him. Um, and he becomes a villain at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So his cloning process gets, uh, I don't know, it, it, his memories get fucked up or something and the beyond corporation removes his memories yeah okay yeah and so he lashes out at peter you know like it's 1994 Mm -hmm. and uh gets thrown into a vat of acid or something and becomes a villain yeah it's essentially yeah i mean i kind of like the design but like he's still around he has a new fucking identity again a new superhero identity so I don't know. I'm disappointed on the Ben Riley factor of it, but I, it's interesting. Sure. So I'm wondering. I, I, so one, all that so. to say, I'm wondering if that's where all this picks up, because the the original uh, copy for this was, uh, "You're never gonna believe what Peter did." Right. From I've been looking at the solicits and it looks like Norman's coming back too, so uh, that might be a reason to read it as well. Dude, I saw a picture of Spider-Man on a Goblin glider today, and I closed Twitter. New Marvel I, Legends figure coming out twenty twenty six. I just I'm just tired of all the gimmicks, man. Like, oh, please. what are you? What you're not tired for is your pick of uh, Justice League number seventy five. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Williamson, Rafa Sandoval will be telling the death of the Justice League. This is, of course, going to lead into the, you know, Dark Crisis event and all that stuff is where the Justice League are going to die. How do they die? Is it COVID-19? Yes. Um, You know, they're like their satellite or whatever that they have. They had a no mask policy. Funny, right? They're superheroes, you think. Yeah. You'd think they'd have it, you know. The Flash was just running around Earth catching COVID and spreading it everywhere. And these motherfuckers died, man. Congrats. Yeah. You just uh, described deceased. So. 
Dude, that's that's the real deceased. That's how they got there, man. Flash, wear a fucking mask, dude. Jesus Christ. He's on that satellite coughing every on everybody. My God. Um, so no, but this but this is this is the lead into an event. I really love it when events have buildup. And neither Marvel or DC do that as much anymore. They're both doing it this year via the uh the judgment day event. We've seen some of that build up in Eternals and you know, stuff like that. And then also now with Death of Justice League spinning out into Dark Crisis, this is the best time. You know, whether the events will be good or not, I love the fact that they're building towards them. So Joshua Williamson's very capable. Rafa Sandoval is super talented. I think this is going to be great. You also had Knights of X. Knights of 10. Which is it, guys? Come on. I lost track. Knights of X. Knights of 10X. X and 10. Fine. So... Teeny Howard, Bob Quinn, uh, both of them very good. They've both been inside the X-verse, the Krakoa era, uh, pretty much since day one. And I think that uh, Teeny Howard's run on Excalibur was very good. Um, So this is essentially a spiritual successor to that. I don't know that I care as much now that Apocalypse is decidedly not a factor, but Teeny's chops are there. Bob Quinn's chops are more than there. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's an X-Men number one. How could I not? At least it's not X-Men Green, which I don't know if you guys saw was also announced. Wait, really? Yes, X-Men Green. It's going to be an app exclusive, digital exclusive. Oh, okay. That's probably why it... It has Sauron on the team. I thought it was... Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm into it. There we go. Let's go. Yeah, of course. Oh, I love Sauron. Yeah. I mess with Sauron, but out on an X team? Yeah, sure. Why not? I love him. He's a big old pterodactyl. All right. Um, I do like the uh the lineup the changes Sauron. in this in this book though. That you know, we got we got you got Shatterstar, uh, and Rachel Gray and Bay. Bay is part of this, so Bay is Bay. Uh Matt, what are we booing? Why the boos? I think he's booing my uh Sauron love, maybe? Marco, talk about the thing you like to talk about. Bro, so the swamp thing? That's some good hold shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sean, you oh got another God, highlighted just, message. I got to change the, read. The, the amount of this thing. I got to make the settings. All right, listen. <laughs> I'm going to have to put a moratorium on reading the X-ray. Yeah, I, 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 I can do, change the amount. It's, it's going to cost more going forward. <laughs> Knights of XXXXs <laughs> on your... I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna change it on your breastuses. No, he said knights of triple X on your titties. That's what he said. Right. <laughs> um, during my time, uh, uh, Matt, it's rude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Swamp Thing, Rom V, Mike Perkins, uh, Bitakar, Mike Spicer on colors. It's the Dream Team. They've been doing good shit. This is the season two. Uh, the six issues that now include Tefe for some reason that we're still trying to figure out. <laughs> but this cover in particular, fucking cool. I saw this. I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm picking this up. And um, if you're part of the Parliament of Trees Facebook group, you got to see these in. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, right? You're not making that up. You're making that up. For, I got two points. Number one. Why the hell would you plug that here? Well, hold on a second, because it's, it's relevant. Because Mike Perkins is in it, and he shares preliminary art whenever he he has it. And the the black and whites for this, amazing. The lines. Okay, Marco, do you share our YouTube videos in that group when we talk about Swamp Thing? <clears throat> I used to. Uh, ha, ha, ha. 
And number two, if we have one single solitary listener who was in that group other than Marco, I want to hear from them now because I guarantee you that doesn't exist. I guarantee you. I guarantee you that 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 Facebook group includes Marco, Mike Perkins, and uh, 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 who, who wrote who, who wrote Swamp? Bernie Wrightson or uh, he's dead. He's Len dead. Len Wein. Len Wein. Alan also Moore dead. also dead. Okay, yeah. Ron V's in there. All right. Well, they were. <laughs> Alan Moore's not in there. Those no, Ron V is. Ron V. Okay, those are the only members of the Parliament of Trees and Charles Soule. Scott Snyder left because he got tired of the shit. Bro, that that's where I have my membership card from. I have I have a Swamp Thing membership card that I used to do that Swamp Thing podcast. That's where that shit came from. I believe this. It's true. It's invite only, so you know it's for the special few. Matt, I actually hate Tina, so that's. Uh... Hey Marco, is would you consider that membership card your green card? Ha <laughs> More than one. Because yeah, all right, <laughs> the Swamp Thing joke all right there's racial things that got in there accidentally all right um uh, dark knights of steel <laughs> number six evidently he asked a politically charged question uh, it was more of a color joke but uh, now that sounds okay marco talk about wow. dark knights of steel this, wow <laughs> this is uh dark knights of steel um tom taylor he's doing his a uh, fantasy sort of uh, uh what is that show game of thrones-esque batman <laughs> and superman story uh, Dan Moore doing covers, good stuff, and then the artist I'm forgetting the name of something Putri. Uh, it's been fun. It's been it's really, really cool. Yeah. I've been enjoying the the series, and um, yeah, I'm I'm glad to see where it's been going. I hope I want more. Uh, I hope he gets like another season out of this if they continue to do seasons. Um, but the story's just been good. I think the art's been like on point, and um, I'm having a lot of fun. Tom Taylor is like the king of uh, alternate universes at this point. That's his niche at this point, man. They, they like, oh, we're trying to make another world. Can you like, can you go deal with this? Yeah, can you world build in two issues? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Are you in a Facebook group for this too, by the way? No, it's not there yet. I haven't built it. Okay. Hmm. So Harris is wondering if anyone picked rogues for next week, and uh, looks like Kale did. And man, you know I'm here for you. The Flash is rogues number two. They're my dudes. Captain Cold it's a big week, going Sean. in for a heist uh, in Gorilla City. That's it. Come That's on the, now. The pitch. That covers everything. I yeah. love this cover, too. Oh, my <laughs> God. So it's... it's. <laughs> There's some good it, alternate it, covers, too, for this one. I had, I had to make a choice. It's the rogues gallery, like, kind of sneaking in Gorilla City, surrounded by, like, yellow fog with... Uh, uh, sneaking underneath a statue to Gorilla Grodd, a, a massive statue. That's this so looks, cool. This reminds me of me drunkenly trying to get to the bathroom at Rainforest Cafe after I drank too many pina coladas. <laughs> Talk about a volcano. Oh, <laughs> I had too many of those oh. barbecue cheddar burgers. Oh man, Rainforest Cafe, guys. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Good. It's stupid. I, I love is. it. Uh, and Kale, you also had uh, the British Paranormal Society, number Ooh. one. Right. So this is from the world of Hellboy. And what that means is it's a weird idea that Mike Magnola had in the middle of the night. And so we wrote it down, <laughs> and now it's a book. Sounds right. Yep. Um, I, I tend to enjoy these books because they're just weird. They're not connected to anything, and uh, they're just cool. 
Um, so here is the uh, synopsis. Uh, British Paranormal Society members Simon Brutenholm and Honora Grant arrive at Noxton together, but with separate goals. Honora hopes to uncover information on the town's strange traditions, while Simon is searching for his missing assistant. But their separate investigations lead down the same twisted path that hides a dark secret behind Noxton's innocent facade. I'm getting thrilling adventure hour feels from this too. Uh, what's yeah. what's the one they do in that? Uh, heal uh, yourself from mysterious. I know. I, I, I hear it. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I think of it? I gotta get back on that on that on that boat and re, re- listen to some of those. But, oh man. Yeah. The, so this has this has Andrea Moody uh, on it. That's mm-hmm. good art. Oh. oh yeah, I forgot to call yeah. it the creative team. Chris Roberson is just like, you know how like Sauron had the mouth of Sauron. I feel like Chris Roberson is like the mouth of Mignola. Yeah, different Sauron. I feel like there's two. We've talked about two Saurons today. We got the Lord of the Rings Sauron, and then we got X Men Sauron. Different Saurons. One is a giant uh, dude with big hands and big old uh, big old ring on his sack of bananas for a hand, Um, and the other guy is a pterodactyl. I feel like either could be either, really, by that description. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Honestly, I'd like to switch them around. I wouldn't mind seeing a pterodactyl in the Lord of the Rings universe. You might in the uh, Amazon show that they're coming out with. Right. Else. Yeah, Listen, uh, yeah. before we cut out, I did want to say I didn't notice this until now, but thank you to Catherine for joining our Patreon at the $10 tier. Uh, really appreciate yeah. that. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are on the exclusive show we have over there, Palling Around. <laughs> and of course, uh, the newsletter and all the stuff we've got going on. Patrons are going to find out first what our polls are. Not our polls, but what books we're reading for this very show, which you can catch every single Thursday live at 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, patrons will know about that first. And you'll get early access to everything that we do. If we finish editing it early, you guys will have it as soon as it's done. Uh, and you can tell all your friends about, you know, um, knowing first up what crap we talked about in a book club we did. Um, Have you told Catherine the story that's on the the pal- palin around? Probably. I mean, I've known her for a really long time, yeah, so it yeah. probably happened, but I just can't remember. Um, so, yeah, definitely do join our Patreon if you are considering doing that. Uh, I encourage you to give it a shot. You know, if you hate it for some reason, you can always unsubscribe. But uh, I think it's worth your time. We worked really hard to make sure that that's the case. Catch us live on Saturday at 10 a.m., 10.15 Eastern for the main show. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about. I promise you we're not going to talk about Ezra Miller anymore and them getting arrested again. Uh, We probably will. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the kind of content you come for, right? We might talk about NXTs again, too. (laughs) Three times, Kill. We definitely won't talk at all about um, Image Comics and, you know, anything that they've done. We have no time for something like that. Um, We have have a lot of time for that. I have a lot of time. I sent you guys guys this. Kill, you look confused, but I sent you this. Man. I don't have time to look at every single link you send us in our, in our chat. Do you know how many links you send us? It's hard enough keeping on top of the Discord, my man. Thank you, Tyler. 
and thank you guys for listening. We had 15 people join us today, or probably more, but I see the number 15 right now. Thank you all for joining us live. The live experience is awesome. You guys make it fantastic and so, so much fun. I can't wait to see you guys on Saturday morning. Thank you for joining us. Until next week, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. I'm, I'm glad Wilding in Hawaii. <laughs> I was going to say I'm glad he didn't highlight it so we didn't have to say it. And now you end the show that way. <laughs> all right. That's how I'll edit it. You know, that's the way it is. All right. See you guys.